0: You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus.
1: Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus who bounces off of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line.
0: Powered by Seahawks.com.
1: Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team.
0: Now, here's your host, Nasa Chobi. Welcome back to another edition of Hawk Talk. The Seahawks coming off an electric win over the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football, beating them 20 to 17. The streak is over, bump, good times are back here at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. Things are good, and man, it just it felt really good to watch this team finally go out there, do what we knew they could do in prime time in a game they absolutely had to have against a great Eagles team in the fashion that they did it. Drew Locke and everybody that had to step up on that final drive to get this done. Bump, after you've had the, the dust has settled, a couple days have gone by, what were your main takeaways from the Eagles game, and how are you feeling about this team kind of moving forward?
1: Man, I'm just, uh, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And uh, missed a lot of wins. So I'm glad they're back in the win column. Makes life easier for them and for us as well, covering the team. Um, I saw a resilient team, a team that had a backup quarterback do his thing. Drew was 22 or 33, 208 and one touchdown. The most crucial touchdown at the end of the game. I saw this team rush for 100 yards for the first time since what the Commanders, I believe it was. Yep. They are now 6-0 and when they rush for 100 yards. I saw Kenneth Walker make some amazing plays. My favorite one was probably that throw to the flat on third down. He makes a couple guys miss. Boom. We saw DK be clutch. Uh, We saw this defense defend the pass pretty good. Still gave up a a buck 78 on the ground. But um, you get more explosive plays in the pass game. So I look at that and go, okay, there's a plus there. Let's work on the run. But a big win. Playoffs are still alive. Let's go get it.
0: Love it. And you know the other thing, the two things I'll say about the Eagles game that I love – the Seahawks defense has struggled defensively against, you know, the Niners and Cowboys, things like that. But to hold the Eagles to 17 points, I don't care if Jalen Hurts was sick or not, it's still a good thing because they got dogs over there. You hold them 17 points, it's only the fourth time this season they've been held under 20 points. They've lost all those games. And the Eagles' last four possessions were punt, interception, punt, interception to steal the game. So shout-out Julian Love. He had a great game, nine tackles, two pass defended, two interceptions, responsible for four takeaways the last couple of days. JSN, obviously the game winning touchdown and DK Metcalf setting that up. He became the third player in NFL history to reach 50 receptions and 900 yards, five touchdowns in each of his first five seasons. Others on that list were Randy Moss and AJ Green. So he's in some good company, but, bump, man, let's, uh, let's just turn the page cause we're ready to go. It's time for the Tennessee Titans coming into town. What's on tap. What's on tap. Tennessee Titans 5 9, last place in the AFC South. They are losers to the Saints, Browns, Colts, Ravens, Steelers, Bucks, Jags, Colts, and Texans. They have wins over the Chargers, Bengals, Falcons, Carolina Panthers, and shockingly, the Miami Dolphins a couple weeks ago. Now, Bump, before I let you talk about this past game, Titans are kind of petty, man. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. To wear the Houston Oilers jerseys against Houston. Mm Man, I don't know. It wasn't. I don't, I'm not gonna say it was like the Sonics because that's a whole different kind of thing. But I would have been feeling a certain type of way if I was Houston. I seen that.
1: Yeah, I would have felt some kind of way. Here's the thing about that, though: most of the dudes on the field, they weren't really around for that that transition. Yeah. It, those youngsters. It's more the fans and ownership, and you know, people who are 30 uh, something and up. I feel like. But let's admit, the uniforms were fired up.
0: They are so clean. I, I yeah. all I see is Warren <laughs> Moon when I see that jersey. I go, man, right. clean, cleanest, cleanest in the clean. league, other than our throwbacks for sure.
1: Yeah, man. The first thing you notice when you watch this game is that CJ Stroud is not in the game. You also got George Fanton who used to play for the Seahawks. He wasn't playing. Well, Anderson wasn't playing. Um, but they were still able to travel to Nashville to get that overtime win. Now the Texans rally from a 13 point deficit. Case Keenum led the way. You remember when Case Keenum was the hottest backup quarterback in the game? Mm, right. With, yeah. What he what he get it done with the Vikings and then went to the Broncos? I believe got it. Got a deal there. But uh, yeah, I like seeing throwback quarterbacks because I'm getting old and I appreciate these guys who give them their second and third chances. Uh, this was Keenan's first start since 2021 for Cleveland. The Titans, like I said, jumped out to a 13 point lead after a pick by Elijah Molden. the Texas would answer with a, th- with three field goals and the score was 13 and nine heading into the fourth quarter. After a Titans field goal, the Texans will respond with a ten-play, seventy-nine-yard drive ending with a Noah Brown touchdown, tying the score at sixteen. Entertaining up to this point.
0: Yeah, it was a it was an interesting game, and now they they go to overtime. Which now I'm starting to think, man, karma has something to do with this, Bob. <laughs> the Jersey selection had something to do for it. Cause it backfired for the Tennessee Titans as after a couple punts in overtime, they would go on to kick the 54 yard field goal to secure the 1916 victory. Will Levis in the game was 17 of 26, 199 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, Derrick Henry. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. But my goodness was shut down 20 touches, 16 carries four receptions for a combined 10 yards. Like I read that stat and I, I, I'm at a loss because Derek Henley always falls forward. He can 10 yards. He can do that in his sleep, but didn't have it last Sunday for the Texans. Devin Singletary rest for 121 yards and 26 carries case Keenum, your boy finished the day 23 of 36 229, 29, one touchdown, one interceptions. The loss eliminated the Titans from playoff contention as they fell to five and nine second straight losing season under head coach, Mike Vrabel and rookie quarterback Will Levis left the game with 149 in overtime after he was sacked for the seventh time on the day. His leg kind of got cut and Ethan in a pile. His status is day-to-day. TBD, if he's going to play or not, they're hoping he will, so we'll see what quarterback we get. But, yeah, man, the Titans, they shocked the Dolphins one week. They go down last week. They're not a great football team bump, but they have dogs on the team. So let's see how this head-to-head comparison stacks up.
1: Yeah, you mentioned they're not a great team. They do have dogs. And um, honestly, defensively, their numbers are a lot better than the Seahawks in some categories, right? We'll start with the defense. Titans are 19th overall. The Hawks are 28th. Against the run, the Titans are 17th. The Hawks are 25th. Against the pass, the Titans are 22nd. The Hawks 24th. When it comes to points allowed, the Titans are 17th and the Hawks are 24th. But we know this defense has been playing better as of late, turning the football over at least four times the last couple weeks. We'll focus on that offensively. Uh, The Hawks are ranked 20th. The Titans, 26th. Running the football, the Hawks are ranked 28th. The Titans, 18th. They average 104 a game. Uh, Pass offense, the Hawks are 15th. They are allowing, or excuse me, producing 230 per game. The Titans, 24th to 189, and then points per game. Hawks are putting up 21. The Titans are putting up 18. You look at the numbers, especially defensively, and the Titans are better on paper, but we know how this game goes at this time of the year. You know, we always start, the season we're saying, hey, we can't believe these numbers till about week four. Right. Mm-hmm. Then we, we ride the numbers for a few weeks. Then you get towards the end of the season and you go, Hey, but they've been playing better than what their numbers <laughs> are showing right. So I think we're back to kind of believing the numbers, but using it to our favor. Obviously we watched the Seahawks, they're playing some pretty good football the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's um you can make numbers kind of say what you want them to say, but you're right. You kind of need to develop a baseline with that. But then sometimes just like I can attest to this When it comes to GPAs in college, sometimes (laughs) if you have a really bad stretch, even if you do good later on, those numbers are kind of just what they are. So if you have a bad semester and you get a 2.0 or 2.2 or whatever, it tanks your entire GPA, believe it or not, for the whole four years. You know what I mean? So anyway. So
1: average averages work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, no, this team is playing better football as of late, so we're good to see that and hopefully they can carry that on into this Titans game. Seahawks have played the Titans recently, back in 2021. Let's know the history. Know your history. Hawks lead the all-time series ten to seven, but have lost three of the last four meetings. The last game I mentioned, 2021 season, and this was a really frustrating game back in 2021, Week Two. It was the first game after the pandemic, so the first time fans were allowed back in Lumen Field, and the Seahawks looked like they were going to run away with it. They're up 30 to 16 in the fourth quarter. Then you get two quick touchdowns from Derrick Henry, one of them a 60-yard run that forced overtime. In overtime, both teams would punt, but on the Seahawks' possession, Russell Wilson took a bad sack. Back to the one-yard line, Dixon had to punt out of the back of the end zone. Titans got really good field position, only had to go 21 yards, kicked the game-winning field goal for the victory. On that day, Russell was 22 of 31, 343 yards, two touchdowns. Blockett went nuts, had a locket game, eight receptions, 178 yards and a touchdown. And Bobby Wagner had 20 tackles, one sack, one TFL. Now, Derrick Henry, this is the guy that we don't want to see, this version of Derrick Henry. That day he went carried the ball 35 times, 182 yards and three touchdowns. So let's leave that back in 21 because Derrick Henry can be a dog. We don't want to see any of that happen on Sunday. So hopefully the Seahawks can flip the script. But let's kick it back to the NFC West. What's the word? Where my soldiers at? Westside! Where my soldiers at? Westside! And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk?
1: I'll let you know what's going on in the NFC West. Unfortunately, uh, the San Francisco 49ers have clinched the NFC West. They are 11-3. and The Rams and the Hawks are both 7-7, and and the Arizona Cardinals are 3-11. and But let's focus on that 49ers and Cardinals game, man. The Cardinals made it competitive for a half, right? They marched down the field and scored in their first possession. The Niners would then score back-to-back touchdowns, including a 66-yard pick, six by Ward, making the score 14-7. to the Cardinals would respond with two field goals, pulling within one point, 14 to 13. But right before the half, Brock Purdy connected with Christian McCaffrey for a five-yard touchdown, making the score 21 to 13. And uh, that was as close as it got for the Cardinals. 49ers would run away with this uh, this victory, 45 to 26, and all the ballers came out to play for the 49ers. Purdy he was 16 of 25 for 242 and four touchdowns, zero interceptions. There was a big hit. He laid down for a minute. I thought it was his shoulder. Honestly, the way they were looking at him and stuff, ended up being, um, you know, got, got shaked up a little bit. Uh, but but he was all right. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he had 187 total yards and three touchdowns. Debo had four receptions for 48 yards and two touchdowns. Ward had two interceptions and Fred Warner led the team in tackles with nine. Kyler Murray. Look, all the things we say about Kyler Murray, I'm going to give him some love right now. Yep. Right? He probably didn't have to rush to get back. The team wasn't playing well. Um, I haven't heard anything about his attitude. I've watched some of the games. He seems to be fine. Um, he's showing some growth and maturation, so good for him. He was 26-39 to 39 for 2-11, two two one touchdown and two interceptions. And James Conner had 86 yards on the ground on 14 carries and a touchdown. Cardinals, you guys is uh keep losing. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. And hopefully when we do see you, the Hawks, they are about to clinch a playoff berth by beating these dudes.
0: Yeah, I would love I'd love that. That 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 that's a great scenario, Bump. Um, I can co sign, triple sign that, whatever you want us to call it. Yes, let's do that. Um, elsewhere in the NFC West, commanders at the Rams. This is one, of course, Seahawks fans looking out for. Didn't go the way we wanted it to. The commanders have struggled and they continue to struggle, dropped their fifth game in a row and haven't really been super competitive since the Seahawks game in November. On Sunday, they the Rams jumped out to a 20-zero lead and they didn't didn't even get on the board till 625 in the third quarter. Then Matthew Stafford finds Marcus Robinson for a 23 yard score, making it 28-7. Commander scored two late touchdowns to make the game interesting, but the Rams would recover the onside kick with 145 left in the game and hold on for the 28-21 win. Stafford finishes the day 25 of 33, 258 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Kyron Williams dominated on the ground, 152 yards, 27 carries, and one touchdown. I think it's safe to say they found their running back because he has been balling as of late. Cooper Cup did Cooper Cup things, 111 yards, eight receptions, one touchdown. And for the commanders, Terry McLaurin had led all receivers with 141 yards on six receptions in one touchdown. Jacoby Brissett filled in for Sam Howell at the end of that game went eight for 10, 124 yards, two touchdowns. Now, The Rams-Seahawks tied at 7-7 record. L.A. holds the head-to-head tiebreaker. So right now the Seahawks are the eighth seed, which is the first person out of the playoffs at the moment, and they're tied with the Rams 7-7, but the Rams have the head-to-head tiebreaker. That means if they're in a situation with the Rams, the Seahawks need to finish with a better record than the Rams to get in the playoffs. But we'll see. We'll continue to break these playoff scenarios down as things get going. But one thing you guys need to watch out for, Saints and the Rams this weekend – We need the Saints to win. That makes things a lot easier given the Rams schedule. We don't know what's going to happen with the 49ers and Rams who play in week 18. If the 49ers have everything locked up, I don't know if they're going to play their guys. So this is a huge win for everyone else like myself who's scoreboard watching. Team Saints this weekend, and then we'll need the Saints to lose a little bit after that because they're in the mix, too. Anyway, that's a quick little playoff preview update. But Let's get back into these Titans. Man up. Man up up, up on Hawk Talk. All right,
1: let's look into uh, this quarterback situation for the Titans, man. um, It's uncertain who's going to be a quarterback for the Titans. We mentioned Will Levis. It's out with an ankle injury. Seems like he's day to day. Uh, So you might see Ryan Tannehill, man. And, um, I'm interested. I want to see if we do see Ryan Tannehill, what exactly he looks like. I hope he doesn't get that. I've been sitting down for a while. I'm rejuvenated. Let's go get it. I don't want to see any of that. I want to see that I've been sitting down for a while. I'm banged up. Uh, I'm not confident. I don't believe in myself anymore. So, uh, (laughs) we shall see, man, we shall see. But, um, Uh, On the year, Levis, who has been a starting quarterback as of late, man, he was the fourth quarterback selected in 2023. Um, Just rewind a little bit. He was 17-7 and as a starter with Kentucky. Two-time team captain, he passed for 5,000 yards plus and 54 touchdowns, 43 pass and 11 rushing. This guy's mobile. The more film I watch, the more athletic he looks to me. On the year, he's completed 59% of his passes, 1,792 yards, eight touchdowns, Four interceptions. He's been sacked 27 times in eight games. Levis is three and five as a starter and has thrown for 300 yards just one time. All right. So Ryan Tannehill, the guy that we could see, he's had some success in Tennessee. It's crazy how quickly things change, right? He started 61 games. He helped lead the Titans to an AFC championship in 2019. He went to the championship game. They didn't win the championship. Correct.
0: They lost to to the team in 2019.
1: Um, uh, he led the Titans to two playoff appearances. After that, in 2020 and 2021. After that, it's been a bit of a struggle. Uh, things got bad uh, for him this year too. He threw for 1,100 yards, two touchdowns, and six interceptions, and six starts. Man, not good. 62 complete completion percentage when it comes to his passes, and he's taken 19 sacks. The Titans were two and four in those games. Then, four years after replacing Mariota, Tannehill himself was replaced by Will Levis. Playing quarterback in this league is tough. Hardest position in football. You only get a few years. If you ain't looking good in two to three seasons, they're going to get rid of you. But they also have Malik Willis. Back-to-back years, they drafted quarterbacks. Malik has started three games for the Titans in 2022. In those games, he was 31-61 for 267, 76 yards. Excuse me, 276 yards, zero touchdowns, and three interceptions in 2023. He's appeared in three games, going four for five for 74 yards. Defensively, the Hawks played good last week. You contain Jalen Hurts for the most part. He did get some big runs off you on third downs. He scored a touchdown. But you feel good about where this defense is. Um, Whoever you prepare for, Ryan Tannehill still has some mobility. Uh, Malik Willis can run and Levis can run. Um, I don't know who you're going to get. Either way, bring the same energy from last week and you got a shot.
0: Yeah. I mean, head coach Mike Vrabel said to Levis that you know essentially they're going to Take it day by day through practice. They're doing it. He's doing everything he can to get back. They're going to see as they go throughout the week. The one thing he did say is that Tannehill will definitely back up Levis if Levis can go, and then Malik would be the third string or second string in that scenario. So we'll see, man. I, I don't know who I want to see more. I think I kind of told you off air. I might, I might rather see the rookie Levis just because he's seen a lot less ball games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Tannehill might not have been playing well, but some, there's something about a savvy veteran that can make it. Put it together for one game at a time. So we'll definitely follow that story as the week goes on and see who plays on Sunday. Flipping it back to the Seahawks quarterback, we got Drew Geno Smith slash Drew Locke taking on the Titans defense. After hearing Pete Carroll at the podium on Wednesday, it seems like I think Geno's going to go. He's a full 100% go at practice today. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But I'm, I'm excited because the last time Geno Smith was on the field for the Seahawks, he had one of his best games of the year. 23 of 41 for 334 yards three touchdowns and one interception against dallas that was his fourth 300-yard passing game of the season in his first game of the season with three touchdowns his fourth quarter game-winning drive fell just short at the end of that ball game but they were able to go into dallas put up 35 points against a defense that was top five in the league at the time so the last time we saw geno smith he was balling on the year he's at 2900 yards 15 touchdowns and nine interceptions Now, Drew Locke, we got to give him some flowers too because he looked good against the Eagles, orchestrated a 92-yard drive at the end of the game to win it last week and also didn't turn the ball over. That's a big thing. So, so far in the year, Drew Locke is 48 of 76, 543 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. So, either way, I feel good about whoever, you know, both quarterbacks going into this matchup, but it'll be good to see Geno get back on the field, take on this Titans defense. That's 19th in total defense, 22nd against the pass. 17th gets a run, 17th in points allowed and 10th in sacks. But Denico Autry is a guy that Chino or Drew is going to have to keep their eyes up for cuz he's having a career season. He's got 11 sacks and two forced fumbles which are both career highs. All
1: right, let's talk about the running back situation. Derrick Henry, man, he's um he's been one of the best backs in the NFL for a minute. He's uh three-time Pro Bowl, only three times. I feel like every year this dude should right? be in Pro Bowl. Uh 2019, 20 and 22. Uh, First-team All-Pro in 2020 and AP Offensive Player of the Year. That year, he rushed for 2,000 yards. Uh, He ran for over 1,000 yards four times in his career. He has led the league in carries three times in his career in 2023. Henry is still having a good year, but uh, so far, he has 230 carries for 884 yards. That's sixth best in the league. Ten rushing touchdowns. That's sixth best in the league. Um, Last two games have been rough for him, though, man. In the last two games, he has 33 carries for 43 yards. Nuts in two touchdowns last week uh, against Houston. He had 16 carries for nine yards and four receptions for one yards. What the heck? That stat line does not seem real. I don't believe it, but I'm going to have to take it as fact. <laughs> and that's the fewest yards by any player in a game in the last 75 years with 20 plus touches. Are we living in the matrix? What's going on with <laughs> D. Henry right now?
0: I don't know. Are you kidding me? When you put out the average right there, for the last two games, because last game would be even worse. But if you average the last two games, he's averaged like one yard a carry. That's, That's nuts. This man has rushed for 2,000 yards. He has 884 yards in the year. It's not like he's just some Joe Schmo out there. Like, this is one of the best dudes to do it. So, I I don't know what's going on, but I would love it to continue for one more week. One more. One more time. Unlear. And the Seahawks, if you look at them defensively, you know, they allowed 178 yards to the Eagles on the ground. So, they've been... They've had their struggles, but again, they've had times where they played really well. You know, allowing 135 yards in each of the past 4 games is not ideal, but they've done well at times and at least against the Eagles they got stops when they absolutely needed to. On the season they're 25th against the run, so we'll see what goes on from there. Now flipping to another matchup, DeAndre Hopkins taking on the Seahawks secondary. When it's all said and done, bump, he he's going he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to have a gold jacket. Yep. He's got over 12,000 yards, five-time Pro Bowl, three-time first-team All-Pro on pace for his seventh 1,000-yard season. He's been banged up the last two years in Arizona, playing just 19 of 34 games, but this year he's played them all. Despite playing with two different QBs on this 5-9 and nine football team, he still put up good numbers. 59 receptions, 919 yards, and six touchdowns. The next closest receiver is Nick Westbrook-Alkine, who has 28 receptions for 370 yards. And he's their go-to guy. I mean, he's got 116 targets on the year. Next co is their tight end, Okonkwo, who has just 63. So he's the guy they want to get the ball to. And Bob, I'm feeling good about how the secondary played. So I like how they can attack this matchup.
1: Yeah, Michael Jackson played good. I was happy to see him out there last week. He had four tackles and one TFL, two passes defended. We all know J. Love, NFC Defensive Player of the Week, had himself a game, nine tackles, two interceptions. And, um... He's been a part of four takeaways the past two games. Three picks, one forced fumble. Devin Witherspoon missed last week. He's missed the last two games this year, uh, but he's still a third in the league when it comes to passes defended on the season. Uh, he has only one game this season where he doesn't have a pass defended, so let's hope that he is healthy and ready to go. As a team, the Hawks have 68 passes defended. That is ninth best in the NFL. Let's focus on our running backs, the Seahawks from RBs versus the Titans' front seven. Ken Walker, Played good last week, man. He set the tone. Uh, he got downhill, had some a uh, couple of receptions out the backfield that were good. The Seahawks rushed for 100 yards. And like I mentioned, you rush for 100 yards, Seahawks win the game. They are now 6-0 and when they rush for 100 yards. When they don't, the Hawks are 1-17, so let's keep the run game going. Against the Eagles, Ken had 112 total yards, 86 on the ground, 26 through the air, including a 23-yard touchdown. When Ken Walker is doing his thing, the offense is at its best. On the year, Walker has 720 yards, 7 touchdowns, 24 receptions for 232 and 1 touchdown. Uh, the Titans are the middle of the pack when it comes to stopping a the run. They're 17th allowing 112 yards per game. Uh, the last two weeks, though, they gave up 148 versus Houston and 148 versus Miami I'm an average of 153. Let's keep that rolling.
0: Ken Walker is, is the key, man. He's the guy. He's the key. When he's rolling, I mean, it's it sounds so simple, but when you're 6-0 and you rush for 100 yards, I mean, yeah, you're going to do better, but that just shows you're con- controlling time possession. Or if you're not controlling it, it's at least close. You're not getting blown out. That means you're possessing the ball. So I want to see K-9 because he can be one of the league's best. So I want to see him active again because this team – I'll take another 100 yards. It guarantees a victory, right?
1: Guaranteed, though.
0: Guaranteed. Speaking of victory, let's tell you how we're going to get their path of victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And
1: that kick is good. The
0: Seahawks win.
1: It's good.
0: It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. The gauntlet is over. But the Mm. Seahawks still have a tough road with no margin for error if they want to be in the playoffs, essentially. If the Seahawks win out, they're almost guaranteed a playoff spot. Ten wins will do that for you. But it's going to start with this Titans team. And, yes, they're 5-9, but they're physical. They're a tough team. And job number one, numero uno, is to stop Derrick Henry. Yes, he struggled the last two weeks, but we know what he is capable of. And then for me, bump, make life tough on whoever starts a quarterback. Titans offensive line has really struggled along 14 sacks the last three games. So get after Levis or Tannehill or Malik. It doesn't really matter. It starts there. I think this is a time where you can see the defensive line really take a step and change the game similar to that Giants game early in the year.
1: And if you get after those quarterbacks, you will create turnovers. Keep up the good work, man. Jay love is responsible for four of the last two weeks. Let's get everybody else involved. Offensively build off of what you did last week and stay committed to the run. Ken Walker needs 25 plus touches easily and find a way to get DK the football man. We talked to Warren Moon before the game he Goes look, DK is the type of dude I want to give him the football early. He gets into the groove. Let's do that and take care of the rock. Like you said, you're pretty much in the playoffs now. Three games left. Win all three. Give yourself a chance. Starts with the Titans. I'm glad the gauntlet is behind us though.
0: Yes. And and I it'll be good too because it's Christmas Eve. For those who celebrate, it's a great time. You know what I'm saying? Have some holiday spirit. Listen to Seahawks' pregame show starting at 10 a.m. Excuse me. That's when kickoff is. 7 a.m. bump. We're getting up early. Getting up early. You can listen to Seahawks' pregame show on Seattle Sports and Cowboy News Radio as long as the Seahawks app. Here's the deal. The Seahawks have a great opportunity this weekend to keep their playoff hopes alive, and I think they can get it done. A nice early Christmas gift to everyone out there. Let's go get it done. The Seahawks taking on the Tennessee Titans. Hopefully, we'll be talking to you. Eh, let's call it Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, talking about a Seahawks victory down there in Nashville. He's Michael Bumpus. I'm Nassi-Trobi. This has been Hawk Talk.